0: say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not Hello, everyone, and welcome today. to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm smiling because my guest, who has been on before, Chris Fontanella, uh, you know him. Uh, he he's, he's awesome, and he's written this new book. It's called Tune Up Your Career. Uh, tips and cautions for peak performance in the workplace. I'm going to... Take his secondary title. I'm just going to take it a little bit further uh, because uh, it's it's more than that. <laughs> um, I I believe he short I short sighted himself a little bit on this book because it's more than that. This book is a book that if you are stuck right now in your career, um, and I know it's a lot of you. Um, we're beginning a brand new year, and there's a reason why I chose Chris to start offering a new year, doing the first set of shows with him. If you're stuck in a career right now or you're kind of going i i don't know that i want to do this anymore or i'm waking up it's sunday night and i'm dreading thinking about monday morning going into work or you're sitting at work and you're going what am i doing is this all there is is this is this is this my life is this all that i'm 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 out to do is to wake up at this hour every morning sit at this desk until the time is up. And I do this five days a week. Is that all there is? And I want to tell you something that Chris and I both believe in wholeheartedly. The answer to that is no, that's not all there is. There's, there's more for you out there. Uh, in fact, I'm going to just relay a quick little story. Uh, Tom Brady, who many of you know, uh, you know, considered to be the greatest quarterback of all uh, about 20 years ago was uh, interviewed on 60 minutes and he was 27 years old. And he said to the 60 minutes interviewer, he said, you know what? I've won three super bowls. And he said, is that all there is? Is this it? Is this all there is to it? Is this what my life has become? And the, and the interviewer asked him a question. He said, so what do you think the answer is? And he said three times, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. And I, I think that is when I hear somebody at the age of 27 who's won three Super Bowls and goes, I don't know. And has a great career as he did. And here you are out there listening or watching us on DBTV, which is great before. Uh, you may be saying to yourself, is this all there is? Well, what Chris and I want to do today is we want to help you tune up your career and help you uh, get unstuck and tell you, no, there's more. And we're going to help you do that today. That, that's what that's our goal today. And we're going to walk you through it. Before we get to him, though, let's what we do every week, the beginning of the year, right? And we do it every show. If you just joined us, he, there's, here's the deal. We're four-part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the fact of the matter is, if we're not working on all four of these areas every single day, we're, we're not growing, we're dying. There's no static. We don't hold still. And so what we try to do is evaluate yourself in each one of these areas on a scale of one to 10, one not good at all, 10 being the best as it can be. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, you, uh, when it comes to these areas, it's not the number. I don't want you to think about the outcome. I want you to think about the process. So if you have a low number, that doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It just means that we got work to do. That's that's what that means. So physically, how would you evaluate yourself in terms of eating right, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, your exercise regimen? 5 being average, right? Well, whatever that number is, it is we're, we're not it's just I I need to improve from here, right? If you're a 2, let's get to a 2.5 if you, you know, cuz there's got to be something you can do. You know, it could be an eating habit. It, it could be not enough water. It could be not sleeping. You know, getting enough like whatever it might be, you change it. So, that's your first number. Your second number is your mental intellectual number, right? And, and you know, look, uh, we're two brain, two have brain people, right brain, left brain, so we're creative and we're logical. You may lean a little bit more one way or the other, but the fact of the matter is you need to be working both sides of the brain. In order to do that, you need to be actively doing something. Uh, so, often what happens is we don't actively pursue intellectual growth, We don't pursue wisdom. We don't pursue understanding. We don't pursue knowledge. And that is absolutely necessary for us to grow and not be stuck in a fixed mindset. Great way to do that. Read a book like this one. This is a great way to do that. But you know what? Why not take up an instrument that you always want to learn? How about learning a foreign language that you've always wanted to learn, right? Those are great ways too. And then third area is the emotional area. I, I, I break it down Two ways, really simply. It's personal and then it's others-focused. And personally, you know, how well are you able to control your emotions when you're under stress, when you're under pressure, when life throws its challenges at you? How well are you able to control that? And then the second area is how well are you able to really, truly tap into and understand the emotions of another person? How willing are you to do that? Understand them, Right? Because it's necessary for growth. And then finally, spiritual area. I don't want to spend a lot of time in this. i just going to tell you we're all spiritual. <laughs> we all want to connect on something deeper. We want to know and be known. We want to understand and be understood. Those are spiritual elements. We live by faith. We make plans in the future, believing that they are going to occur. We all do it. And we put our faith in something believing in the midst of our chaos that it will bring us back to a sense of peace or sense of joy, whether that's God or nature or something else. And then you ask yourself, is it working? And maybe you need to change it. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you evaluate yourself there? Those four numbers, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and those four numbers are like the air in the tires of your car. If, If one tire is flat, You know what happens, right? It's harder to steer the car. The car gets out of control and uh, you need to do something to fix that. And then if you get, you know, multiple tires, especially all four tires, well, over the course of time, you're going to ruin the car, right? So what we want to do is bring our tires to the right height. Right, And speaking of someone who does that, his name is Chris Fontanella. He is the founder of Encore Professionals Group, a professional services firm specializing in the identification and placement of accounting and finance professionals in temporary and permanent roles within many recognizable corporations in the greater Los Angeles area. He's previously served as division director for Robert Half uh, International and client service director for Resource Global Professionals. Prior to his employment in the staffing and consulting industry, he spent a year's uh, studying and preparing for the ministry, having attended Oral Roberts University and Fuller Theological Seminary, where he earned his master's degree. I am so pleased to welcome back my friend, Chris Fontanella. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Chris Fontanella. Chris, welcome back to New, New Direction. It's hey, great to see you again. Thank
1: you so much, and what a great intro. I love your intros. They're they're awesome. And um, yeah, we want to make sure that everybody's tires are pumped up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we don't want stress to be put on other parts of the vehicle, the engine, because we don't have enough air in the tires, yeah. and um, yeah, let's make sure the four quadrants of a person's life are are being fed today.
0: Uh, th- this book, Tune Up Your Career, we're going to do that uh, for everybody. The, the first part, and and by the way, thank you for the reminder of this because I went back and read it again. Uh, you divide this up into three parts. So the first part is workplace metaphors, and, th- and of course, the first chapter is Mice, Mazes, and Manchego. And uh, I, I didn't know you were a Manchego guy. I love Manchego, so it's nice to know that I have a fellow yeah, Manchego. I love
1: cheese in general. I'm a, little, I'm a little mouse myself.
0: <laughs> I know, I get it. I'm not little, but I do love my cheese. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and you, you remind us of a great book that I read a couple of times and had to go back and reread it again, is Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. Uh, and you highlight the two truths that come out of Dr. Johnson's book. And I, by the way, it's a, it's a short read. Uh, yeah. It but it's a great read as circumstances change and Survival depends on your ability to adapt Yes, and when it comes to our career and especially when people in a job the one thing that you say is nothing ever stays the same and that includes your job Maybe help people wrap their mind around that a little bit more
1: Yeah, you, you just you don't know what is going on behind the scenes with management and you just don't know what's gonna happen day to day. Mm. The company you work for could get purchased. Um, another company wants to acquire the organization that you work for. Um, maybe management at your company is looking for a buyer um, and they're not gonna tell the rank and file that kind of stuff, right? Like, um, And then you've got macroeconomic conditions that can affect your job. Um, if the economy starts tanking and companies are, not as profitable as they once were, or the business just isn't going as well as it once was, guess what? They may be in a position where they're gonna need to downsize the organization and there's gonna be a reduction in workforce. And you may be part of that. And these are things that, you know, just tend to be lurking around the corner, right? The unknowns. Um, And then one day you show up and things have changed. And to tie it back to the the, the, the maize, the mouse, and the manchego, like, um, into Spencer, uh, Dr. Spencer Johnson's book, the cheese gets moved, and you weren't planning on it being moved, and now you got to figure out what's your response in relation to that.
0: Mm. I want to throw something else at you. I know that you don't, you know, like, specifically come at it, but I want to throw something out that it dawned on me as I was reading your book. Fabulous, by the way, the book's fabulous. Folks, just you. get yourself a copy. Thank it's it's fabulous, um, and again, not a long read uh, either. Uh, it's 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 but it's a great read, and that is something else that changed, And that is we change. That's right. And I, as I was reading your book, I, I kept thinking to myself, you know, change is inevitable. That's it's true, but sometimes we've changed and we should change by the way i would think i would think that's a good idea for us to change because i don't think we want to stay stagnant or stay in the same place and often our mindset change changes the circumstances change or our 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 lack of fulfillment changes because we get simply just get bored
1: yeah well if you're if you're an individual who does what you suggested in your intro about it, you know looking at the four quadrants and you're at a level four and you want to get to seven or you're, you know, at five and you want to get to eight or whatever the case may be, and you're growing with that growth, you're going to change as an individual. Mm. I mean, it is not good for us to stay the same. We should be evolving um, as people and becoming better in those different quadrants. And um, I'm a big believer that um, the road changes. The road that we're on changes, and then the road changes you. Mm. Um, it has an effect on you, and and that's a good thing. And um, I, it's a matter of paying attention and being in tune with what's what's going on in your life and and those sort of things as you're on the road. Mm.
0: Yeah, I just it it just it, it just seems so. It seems like there's just changes all around, and one thing you tell us to remember about. Regardless of the change, says, you say changing circumstances create opportunities, but sometimes, in changing circumstances, it's hard to find those opportunities, isn't yeah. it?
1: Why? Yeah, think? yeah. It's well, it just doesn't feel good all the time, right? When all of a sudden something unexpected just falls into your lap, and and usually it's something that at least on the face of it seems like a negative. Mm. You walked in. There's a to work. There's a workforce reduction. You're a part of it. I'm losing my job. That <laughs> that doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. Um, <laughs> but if you are able to penetrate beyond the surface of it and to begin to talk to yourself a little about, hey, this is an opportunity. Mm. And you know, the interesting thing about that specific example is a lot of times. Um, a company might bring you back in a consulting capacity, or they start realizing, oh, you know, um, maybe we slashed a little too close to the bone and and we need to bring some support back. And maybe there's a new opportunity within that company for you. But more than likely, it's the thing that pushes you to start thinking, what else is there out there for me outside of the organization? Um, But it's all a matter of like sort of seeing beyond the initial Um, face of something uh, that appears to be negative at first
0: well I think we I think we get wrapped up in fear don't you think Chris I mean I think there's this fear of you know we'll talk about it in an upcoming chapter but we we get so caught up into it's easier to just stay where I am than to look for something else
1: yeah that's that's true or if you've gotten fired, like, will I find something else? Right, right, Right. Uh, right yeah. So if you got let go, and and it can attack your confidence level, like, well, why why was I let go? You know, why am I part of the thirty percent mm. workforce reduction and not so and so over there that I know I'm working circles around?
0: Right, right.
1: You know, um, yeah. And so, you know, again, if that fear of the unknown, of what's next, of um, will I will I Find a job that pays me the same money or or better. Like all of those things start to enter your heart and mind, and it's it's something you do have to fight against and resist, and it's not always easy. Uh, and, it, and it's good for us to be real about that and to be honest about that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk uh, quick before we get out of this chapter, which is an awesome chapter, by the way. Uh, we being where beware of the traps, uh, because yeah. there, there are some traps in. In our careers or in our jobs that can be uh, tough on us. Two of them uh, that you really uh, hammer home is the trap of allegiance and the trap of the golden handcuffs. Yeah, yeah help us understand those two and also when they build a better mousetrap with the sticky adhesive. Yeah, right,
1: yeah, well um, and to be fair companies today are working very hard to make corporate life and employment life better. I I should throw that out there. Um, You know, a lot of what I wrote, I was going back to, you know, my career 20, 25, 30 years ago, thinking about things. And companies are definitely striving to be a little better at this sort of stuff. But there are still a lot of organizations that want you to come on board and sort of swear allegiance to them. (laughs) And um, sort of sell your soul to them and, and do what they need you to do. Um, just to help the business grow, to help the business expand. You know, I happened to be in a sales sales role at one of these types of organizations and it was, you know, it was always the, what have you done for me lately? And you needed to generate more and more revenue quarter after quarter, year after year. And, um, And, and there was sort of the, the punch bowl that you, you know, you drank from to sort of buy into the company mindset about everything, how they did the business, how they wanted the operation to run all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you go along and then years later you start, all of a sudden you start to realize like, oh my God, I'm losing a piece of myself by being in allegiance to this firm that that's values don't necessarily align with my own. And that that's not necessarily a good thing. And when you get to that point, if you have some decisions to make, to either make a change and to do something about that or to, to, to stay there, but it's, it's a trap nonetheless, and they could throw more and more money at you. They could do a bunch of things, but I mean, that leads into the golden handcuffs. A lot of these times, a lot of times these companies are saying, well, look, you know, we'll give you more options. We'll give you more stock. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll improve your, your, your benefits or whatever, but it's still a trap, right? Because you don't you don't feel like you're living a fulfilled life because you're not a, you're not giving free rein to who you are and being true to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And then comes building the better mouse trap, the sticky adhesive. I, I find this one is really really true for a lot of people, where the adhesive makes the mice feel comfortable. Yeah, being in the same spot.
1: Yeah, so like I I paint the picture of like we're not using the the, the limb breaking necks, you know, um, breaking uh, coil of the old original sort of mouse traps. Now it's just this sticky s- substance on a, on a flat, you know, plastic board and the, the mouse steps on it and doesn't realize because, you know, he's not seeing the, the little silver platter with the nugget of cheese on it. There's not the coil for the, you know, the, the release valve to snap their, their limbs and their neck. Um, and they're on it and they're like, well, it just feels good being here or whatever. And so they never feel the need to sort of, to, to, to move off of that. And there's just a lot of good things that they're experiencing, the, 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 options, the stock, the, the great base salary and the the large bonuses and all of that stuff. So like, why would I, you know, leave this scenario and, and sort of go on the hunt again, so to speak for a new piece of cheese. Mm. Um, and That's just as much of a trap as the original one.
0: It is a trap because it's, I I don't, I I hear what I hear you saying, and I'm speaking as a psychological professional, is so dysfunctional. I would rather live in misery, miserable, unfulfilled. I'd rather live a miserable, unfulfilled life getting my paycheck.
1: Yeah. That's the trap, right? Right. I mean,
0: I would, I would, I would totally rather do that than to chew off my own leg. <laughs> right. And, and do something that would fill my life and make my life better.
1: Yeah. Well, I think part of the, pro- a lot of people don't really know what they want for their life. And that sort of goes yes. back to figuring out the overarching theme of your life. And, right. And so, you know, maybe like, and I even mentioned like, look, I, I stayed in that scenario um, for a season because I I realized it made sense for me in relation to where I was hoping to get a little further down the road of starting my own business. So sort of sticking around, no pun intended, (laughs) but sticking around (laughs) on that mousetrap made sense because once I fully vested on my stock and my options and this, that, and the other thing, I was going to have a chunk of change to play with to help build my own business. Mm. So there are occasions where it makes sense, but I think more often than not, most people are just sticking around because they've, they've lost a sense of purpose. There's no more meaning in their work life. And I might as well just hang out here because it's paying me the, you know as much money as I think I'm worth.
0: That's awesome. His name is Chris Fontanella. Isn't he brilliant? He's so much fun to listen to, too, by the way. Uh, tune up your career tips and, and cautions for peak performance in the workplace. This is about you getting unstuck from where you are right now. If you're not feeling fulfilled in your job, i telling you this book is for you. I'm just I'm just telling you it really is. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, whether you're coming from injury or surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, having difficulty performing activities the daily living, perhaps you're a professional athlete looking, or high school athlete or college athlete looking, to just improve. Um, listen, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide for you a customized treatment plan specifically tailored to you. So when you're ready for your Epic Relief, Epic Recovery, Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. It's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, uh, 39 years in the business, uh, helping thousands of people transition in life. Uh, listen, every place you ever lived has been a life transition. Think about it. First apartment you ever lived in, life transition. Left that first apartment, life transition. First house, life transition. Left that first house, life transition, right? Every place you've ever lived has been a life transition. They know how to take the stress out of the home buying and selling aspect of that life transition. Regardless of where you're at. When you're ready to start your next life transition, selling and buying a buying home, and let's be honest, interest rates are going down. So you might want to might want to talk to them sooner than later because things are gonna heat up. Just go to lyndacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with my friend Chris Fontanella, uh, who I enjoy having show. I, I I, wish we didn't live on opposite oceans. Uh, it would be fun to just hang out with him and chat about this stuff because I think him and I could chat about this. I don't, don't you feel like you and I could just chat about this stuff for like hours? On yeah, end? Absolutely. Days. And I may mean, one
1: day just fly out to wherever you're at just so we can have have lunch together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just want to, I just want to hang out and talk about this stuff because it's I love it. It's so real. I mean, you know, I was talking before the show that you know I've got clients who are help me figure out my purpose. I, I I'm tired of working in this. You know, yeah. I I'm I'm not fulfilled. It's not meaningful to me anymore. I know I've got a family and I got to support them and everything, but but I'm miserable. You know and. And and then, you know, of course you use the word tune up, you know, to kinda as you know, the engine that drives all this, right? And yeah. so we're gonna get to chapter two here, which is called Welcome to the Machine. Kind of kinda, <laughs> kinda remind me of the Matrix there a little bit, right? Where I yeah. kinda got this whole idea. And you tell the story of Simon and as he's going up the elevator, which is a by the way, well written. The story is well written. Thank you. And one of the things that I pulled out of this, of all the things I pulled out of that particular chapter. I'm going to read this to you. You say, for the system to function optimally and for revenue targets to be met, everyone had to stick to the program, working in regimented fashion. And yet rigid approaches choke creativity and turn a blind eye toward alternative routes, routes to success. Huh. Oh, oh. <laughs> beautifully <laughs> written, by the way, brother. That was beautifully <laughs> yeah help yeah. us, help us <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> we're in the machine help us man
1: yeah I mean the 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 maze and the machine are are really good metaphors for what the workplace can be if it degenerates to that mm. and the, the point of both of the chapters is to help the reader or help people in their careers just at least appreciate the fact that you have to understand the system, quote unquote, that you're working in. Mm-hmm. You know, corporate America is driven by the bottom line. And and that's okay. And I even mentioned that in the book, like mm-hmm. it, it is okay that companies, I mean, why else are they in business? They're not in business to lose money. They're in business to make money and to make as much of it as they possibly can. That's capitalism. That's the system in which you're working and understanding the system in which you work better enables you to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, those two chapters are basically to get you to think like how the company is thinking about you being part of the company. And if you understand that, then you will know how to be, uh, to be better in relation to it. Um, and so that's the point of that kind of stuff. Like just realize the the company wants to squeeze as much out of you as they possibly can. Um, and you know, there are times when you're good with it and there are times when it's like this no longer works for me. And I feel like a, a droid I feel like I'm part of the, the, the collective now because I'm just a cog in the wheel. And that sort of flies in the face of the stuff that Jay and I talk about and what we've been talking about, Jay, and finding that overarching theme for your life that drives purpose and meaningfulness and, you know, joy in what you're doing, um, in your life of employment.
0: You know, I, 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 of course, I, I remember the original Star Trek series, but then I watched uh, a good—I would say most all the Next Generation series. Yeah. And of course, you know the big, uh, uh, the big part of it was the Borg.
1: Yes, John and, Luke getting yeah, absorbed into yeah, the getting, into
0: right, the Borg. Right, getting absorbed into the machine. Yeah. And I was, and when I read this chapter, I was thinking about. Simon as he's going up the elevator and he's contemplating, you know, everything that he's seeing and There was two things that I know were not Necessarily your intention, but really stood out to me when I read that quote that I read and that was one if you're if you are an owner of business be very very careful that You do not systematize everything so much that you make everyone stick to a particular program and you choke creativity. Yeah. I was I, That was one of the things I pulled out. I know that's not the intention of this book necessarily to say that to a business. But it really is an important piece of it. But at the same time, you as an employee, and this is even maybe even more major, is you have to recognize, are you being assimilated yeah. into having to follow such a rigid approach that your own creativity is being stifled?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um, what you need to do to make sure that that's not happening is constantly be aware of your individuality. Mm. Be in tune with your individuality. Who are you? Be true to yourself. Constantly think about what type of person you are, what your values are, and are those in alignment with the organization that you're a part of. And if you're starting to feel like they're not or that you're this you know, this square peg being squeezed into a round hole, like those sort of feelings and emotions that you may, may find yourself experiencing th- then you're, you're close to being absorbed. Right. So you, that might be the sign or the cue for you to say, Hey, this is no longer for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I, and Chris, I'm, I'm going to speak um, because this is just so fascinating to me. So I'm going to speak to you and we're going to kind of just freewheel it here <laughs> a little bit, sure. but I I kind of wonder how often it happens where people become part of the machine and then they don't realize it and then something triggers them that says, oh my gosh, I'm part of the machine. What do you think that trigger is for them where they all of a sudden wake up in the middle of the machine and go, oh my gosh, I've just lost 10, 12 years in this company and I've done nothing. Or I, I am, I've just gone through the motions. What do you think of that wake-up call is? Where do you think that comes from? Or how do you think that happens? I know that's not part of it, but I would love to have your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you're in tune with yourself um, or maybe um, it's your your faith, right, Like, um, and you believe in a higher power or God or however, I, we don't want to be too strict or how we're defining that for people here. But um You might hear an inner voice that's telling you this just is not right that you're not the right fit in this organization i think for most people they just feel sort of an emptiness Mm. a purposelessness a meaninglessness um and it's all of a sudden they just begin to feel hollow um and and empty inside and that's and they realize i just i don't want to live like this anymore and i there's got to be more to it than this. Like how I'm, I'm doing something, but yet I, I just walk away feeling like empty and like, I'm not contributing either. I'm really not. Con- I'm, I'm a contributor in the company, but I'm not really contributing to the company or to society or to the world or like, and all of a sudden these, maybe they, they get flooded with these sort of thoughts mm-hmm. and it, it sort of, sort of pushes them toward wanting to make a change.
0: And, you know, I think what happens here, I, I, I'm sure it happened to you. I'm guessing it happened to you. I shouldn't say I'm sure. That's not fair to you. But it happened to me where I asked myself in later life, as I got older, who am I really? And, you know, what is it that I really value? What is it right. that I really believe? Because I don't think I questioned those things earlier in my, earlier in my career. But later on in my career, I started questioning those very, I started questioning myself, who who the heck am
1: I? Yeah, I, I think early in your career, like, I think we all sort of <laughs> just, you get on that treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. To, to to build the career, to get it started, to get it off the ground, and to start heading in a certain direction. And I, I think almost everybody isn't really thinking of those deeper thoughts at that point. <laughs> Right. That moment, it's like, I got bills to pay. I got, I got to make some stuff happen here. And I got to, you know, I got to find my way in this whole world, working world and figure it all out. And then later, like, and, you know, and we, we might get to this later, but you can make a ton of money, right? I mean, if you work your ass off, if, if you're driven, if you have ambition and you set goals for yourself, um you know, personally, professionally, financially, like you can achieve those things. You can achieve whatever, but they're not always the answer, right? Like the, you can make as much money as you want doing a job, but at the end of the day, you can still walk away feeling empty. And that gets to what you're talking about where you start saying, okay, who am I really? What am I really about? What kind of mark do I want to leave? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? What do I want people to know and remember about me? all of that stuff starts playing. Like i built two businesses. I hope that the people that have worked for me are like, hey, Chris treated me right. Um, he, he took care of me, not only professionally, but financially, he did right by me. Um, he never screwed me over, you know, stuff like that is important to me now. I, obviously I still want to make money for the job I'm doing, but at the end of the day, that's not what's motivating me anymore. I'm not driven right. by that. Yeah. I think yeah. that answers your question somewhat. No, it,
0: it it does. I mean, we'll. I hope. Hopefully, we'll have time to get to the king who had everything and nothing. Um, hopefully, we'll get to that because that's awesome. Uh, but I do want to jump to chapter three because I think this starts to get into the answer uh, of how we get through this, and that is chapter three, which is take ownership of your career. And you 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 say, uh, you must take your career into your own hands. However, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to make their own career. Uh, The reality is this, when it comes to their careers, most are complacent about them or satisfied with others managing them. Uh, And uh, the reason within themselves, and you say, quote, why stress and strive to find and fulfill my calling when someone else can do it for me. So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's the majority of people in the workforce, unfortunately. They are hoping somebody will... Tell them what to do, what kind of career to have. They're hoping an employer might put them on sort of an internal program within the company that moves them from one job to another and and ha- sort of strings them along up the you know the corporate ladder so to speak. Um, but that's a subpar way to go about building your career, is my opinion. Um, The best way to build your career is to be personally accountable for it, to take responsibility for it, to hold on to the steering wheel of your career vehicle and drive it where you want to take it. No, nobody is obligated to build your career for you. You have to build your own career. And again, all of this gets down to knowing yourself, being true to yourself, because when you are, then you can make better decisions about all those things. What, where you want to steer your career vehicle. Um, so I'm a big believer, in you got to put your hands on the steering wheel of your of your career and take it where you want to take it.
0: Let's talk about excuses. Uh, people have a lot of excuses why they can't <laughs> they can't uh, they they can't take control of their career, uh, or that they'll they'll say things like I can't catch a break. Yeah. I've got limited connections, limited education, limited talent. I'm too young and lack experience, or I'm too old and have too much experience. I'll never make it. I'm just going to fail. Talk to me about excuses.
1: And it's you... just it's just so easy, right? It's yeah, just, right. The, it's just the, the easy path um, to either blame something or someone or to just make an excuse. People don't want the accountability that comes with taking the steering wheel of your career in your own hands because if you're responsible for it and you and you drive it somewhere that ends up not being a good thing or success you only have yourself to to blame for it and people want to they don't like to be blamed for anything right um, and not to disparage our millennial brothers sisters friends <laughs> you know relatives right. or whatever. But they're they they do not like to be blamed for anything.
0: Right. And,
1: um, you know, you have to if you're going to be serious about your career, you have to take responsibility for it. And there's just way too many excuses you can make. I, you know, I sent my resume into, the, you know, on, I submitted my resume online um and i'm one of 600 people that submitted my resume for the job you know i'm never gonna get the, like that's that's a new one right like that yeah. there's like 500 people for one job now and like right. or there's you know you're interviewing but like the, the 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 client said hey like we've got seven other people you know we're interviewing so we'll get back to you in three weeks kind of thing um okay that's that's the reality but what are you gonna do about that you're gonna just keep whining about that or are you gonna you know Continue to take your career in your own hands and figure stuff out and not make excuses and not blame the game or blame a person. Right.
0: Yeah, I think it's easy to blame the game. The, the, you know, go, oh, the rules of the game are stacked against me. Change the rules. You or can, make up
1: your own. Like, hey, I'm going to yeah. approach here.
0: Yeah, to, to change the rules. There's a whole... There's, you know, okay, you sent out a resume. What did you do? Did you get on LinkedIn and try to find out who the person is making the decision? Did you... Did you reach out to your contacts or make some new contacts who might know the person who's in charge of making that decision when it comes to your resume that they could look out for it? What have you done to set yourself apart, right? Uh, oftentimes what we do is we go, well, I sent my resume in and you know, I'm one of 700. Uh, you know, I guess I've left it up to chance. Don't leave it up to chance. Do whatever you can do to change it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like sending You're just sending it into a black hole, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you did that and, and you then, to your point, you followed it up, maybe you... Took the hard copy, put it in a nice envelope, like a Manila envelope, and maybe you even did a little research, like who who does this position even report to at the company. Right. Then you find out the company address and you mail your resume to with a nice letter inside to the hiring manager, not some HR, you right. know, wormhole where resumes go. And you say, look, I you know I did submit my my resume online, but I wanted to send this directly to you because I'm really really interested in this role. And I want to make sure that, you know, I, I talk to the person who's, is hiring to fill it. Yeah. And that's just, you know, we're just spitballing here, but like, there are other things you can do where you don't have to subscribe to the, the rules of the game and the way they're being played.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. His name's Chris Fontanella. Awesome, isn't he? He just is. Uh, The book, Tune Up Your Career, uh, Tips and Cautions for Peak Performance in the Workplace. It's a fantastic book. Uh, Grab yourself a copy wherever books are sold. Uh, That includes Amazon, too. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks. Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist. I think they should be yours, too, by the way. Uh, They offer the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill. Uh, They also have the uh, Normatec compression sleeves. Game Ready, that's just to name a few. They are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, including blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your Epic Relief, Epic Recovery, Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. That's e-p-i-c-p-t.com. And Linda Kraft, Team Realtor, for more than 39 years, well actually it's their 39th year, they have been at the top of the real estate game. Here is the thing that you need to know. Uh, they are on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, I don't care where uh, you at. If you're a social media person, they're there. I don't care where the social media is at. And and listen, they're always what they say is we're always looking to be on the bleeding edge of technology. And we offer top customer service in everything that we do, folks. If you're in the Research Triangle Park area and you are a real estate agent and you're ready to make a change at the beginning of the year. I'm telling you right now, they're probably looking for you. And so, they're looking to hire somebody just like you. If you've got your broker's license or a provisional broker's license, check out Linda Craft Team Realtors in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm telling you, uh, they're unaffiliated. They're not not associated with a national firm. They're completely, totally, locally owned. And yet, they've helped thousands of people throughout the years. They would love if you would join their team. Just go to lyndacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot And we're back here on A New Direction. uh my friend. I love him. His name is Chris Fontanella. Um, he, he's just awesome, dude. Uh, listen, if you didn't get, uh, you know, he was on the show before with Jumpstart Your Career, which was a great book that he has written. Uh, Tune Up Your Career is uh, absolutely Fantastic. Um, as well, and uh, I, I just—it's just really a great book. Um, not a long read, but man, it'll certainly help you. I want to go to chapter four, Chris. <laughs> Don't look now, <laughs> but you may be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I kept, I kept, I, kept hearing Jeff Foxworthy in the back of my head when I read this chapter. You know, uh, you know, uh, you may be an entrepreneur if you know that that type of thing. <laughs> Uh, is what I, <laughs> I got you to laugh. That's so good; makes me feel so good, Chris. Because I was a horrible stand-up comedian. I had the crickets were dropping pins, and everybody could hear them um, on the carpet. So uh, awesome. So this, you talk about that one way you could take control of your career is becoming an entrepreneur. But it's not always the easiest thing for us to do as one. Um, so let's dig into entrepreneur, and because I think more people really. I think it is something that resonates with a lot of people. I just don't think they're sure how to get there. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I I think people have overly romanticized versions of what being an entrepreneur is about. And um, (laughs) when I was writing the book, I spent a lot of time just reading different stories of entrepreneurs over the years from famous ones to ones you wouldn't even know who they are but were super successful and there were just a lot of traits that were familiar with all of them and um you know they all understood that being an entrepreneur does not make you an overnight success Um, all of them would admit to and tell you to expect failure um that the road to, to success as an entrepreneur is not a straight one it's more of a winding weaving twisty turny sort of path to get you where you want to be um, a lot of a lot of these people held down second jobs while they were working toward getting their dream job off the ground um, and they had a lot of dark days um, so I, I put here a little note if, if it's okay I'll just read it I showed sure. all the stuff you don't want in your life the struggles challenges and obstacles that's what being an entrepreneur gives you
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true
1: and it's true. It's and hey, listen. There's joy in it. There's joy in the yeah. struggles. There's joy in the the obstacles and the challenges you face, uh, because if you stick with it, you work through them, um, and you eventually get where you want to be. But don't have these overly romanticized versions of of what being an entrepreneur is about. Yes, you do have full control of your career at that point. I mean, it's it's career ownership at its at its um, at its highest, but um, it's not without struggles and challenges and hardships.
0: No, it's not. And I'm speaking from experience here. As a, you know, not as a not as a famous example. It it is difficult. There are struggles, and it, it's there. Struggles every day, you know, because you're completely 100% responsible for the income you bring in. No one else is responsible for yep. the, nobody. Nobody gives you a paycheck. If you don't, if you don't do what you need to do today, you are not going to get paid tomorrow.
1: That's right. It's, yeah, you have yourself to applaud, or you have yeah. yourself to accuse.
0: It really, and, yeah. There's no excuse making as an entrepreneur, right. by the way. Your, your excuses are gone, because yeah. it's it, it's all on you. So if you're someone who likes to have excuses, entrepreneurship is tough because there are no excuses. Because you're it.
1: Yeah. It stands and falls with you.
0: Yeah,
1: but I'll tell you, I mean, I, there's been no better time in my career than the time, um, work, the, uh, building the first business my business partner and I established, and it was hard. And um, our main competitor was a company we both had worked for much bigger, much more resources, uh, broader reach in the marketplace, more dollars they can invest in, in business development and marketing and you know we you know and I, and I talk about this in an article I've written about like what should you think about if you want to be an entrepreneur and one of the things I say is is uh, being the devil to the god in your industry. <laughs> like you want you want to go out and pick a fight. And you know, our fight was with the company we had once worked for and they had more resources. They were bigger than us. They were the Goliath and we were David. Yeah. And, um, but I can could, I could honestly say those times as hard as they were, were the most happy for me because I, enj- I had that drive and that purpose getting up in the morning. And I was motivated to try to convince one of the companies in Southern California why they should start working with Chris Fontanella as opposed to my old company. Mm. And it was fun, you know, and, mm. and at the end of the day, we had our successes, we had our losses and failures. And but um, I was really joyous during that that time of building the business.
0: I, I am going to be honest with you, I've never felt more fulfilled. Ever. Yep. And I've done some great I I've you know I I taught at universities and colleges. Which was tremendous. It was awesome, but I didn't like the structure, the bureaucracy, and the politics of it. But what I love about this, about doing what I'm doing, and that I'm in control of it is and I, this is something I think people need to ask themselves. I valued freedom more so than I valued money.
1: Yeah. And, and that some people have to ask themselves and answer yeah. for themselves, that yeah. kind of stuff
0: yeah, the freedom that I have and the control that I have and as difficult as this you know this can be and it can be difficult because you know if you know I, I coach clients and if I lose a client, you know I, I've got to make up for that shortfall. It's up to me right to do that I've got to find another client right So you're always trying to do what you need to do. so but I love it. I've never been happier. I've never been more fulfilled. I know I'm fulfilling my purpose. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I've never been happier. And by yeah. the way, I don't want to ever retire.
1: Yeah, that's in my next book I'm working on. <laughs> I,
0: I don't. I don't want to ever retire, Chris. I I love what I'm doing so much.
1: You yeah, I, I I'm I'm happy to hear that because I'm I'm making that argument in my next book. That's sort of along the line of this career stuff and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you're in the last phase of your you know your career now, and my point is is that look you know you want to maintain some sort of active life of employment, doing whatever you want to do, and you're 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 a great example. You found what you wanted to do. You what you're doing is aligned with who you are as a person. Um, it allows you to give full throttle to your individuality. Um, and it's something you can just keep doing into your latter years and the latter stages of your career. And this this is kind of what we're trying to tell people, right? Like if you find that thing that makes you want to get up in the morning, that overarching theme for your life and your career, then you don't need to stop. Just just keep riding it out all the way to the end. And even when you think you've reached a finish line, you know what? Redefine the finish line. Yeah. Make a new finish line. Yeah. There are no rules here, which is so great. And when you have the steering wheel of your career in your own hands, and you are the entrepreneur or whatever, um, and you're aligned with your values, like that's the great thing about it. You, yeah. you know, you could take this thing wherever you want to take it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's two things that you say that are absolutely true in this chapter, and that is number one, determination is more important than your degree. Right. It's not
1: absolutely. not
0: that your degree is not important. Listen, I've got I've got a few of them. Okay, I mean they're 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 great to have. Don't get me wrong, but determination is important, and you're gonna have to have some guts. And let me translate that to another way of how of saying it: you you have to you have to be willing to take risks, and risk yeah. takes guts, right? I mean, do I got? I mean, isn't that a good way to interpret what you say? Yeah, it, it I mean, uh,
1: in relation to the first one, I'll take a person with ambition and drive any day of the week over somebody that's just coming to me with you know. 12 initials after their name. Um, if I don't sense that they have that drive, that hunger, um, that that's motivating them to want to accomplish things. Um, yeah. And, and having guts, I mean, to me, like being an entrepreneur is it's, there's nothing magical about it. Um, it is basically normal people saying I'm, I'm going to go for it. Mm. And um, with that comes some risk to your point. Um but it's really deep down in your heart you're like casting care to the wind or whatever and you're like, I'm going for it because something's telling me to do this yeah
0: uh, let's let's just briefly take a look at chapter seven entitled the step down can be a step up um the uh you, you say out of the gate here, the greatest career misconceptions is that that has been befuddled employees is this taking a step down is the worst possible thing you can do and you, Say wait a minute, hold on, stop. Taking a step down can actually be a step up. Help people understand that here as we get ready to close down.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's to sort of counterbalance or to reject the the idea that um, has been propagated, which is you should always be moving up the corporate ladder. Hmm. Um, and I understand I understand a lot of what's behind that, right? Where we want to ascend because. When we ascend in job responsibilities and title, um, typically you, you're you going to ascend in your um, remuneration as well, the money you make from all that. And there's there's a good side to that. So I, I, don't, I don't want to lead people astray on that. But in relation to what you and I have been talking about, about aligning yourself from a value standpoint by... Um, uh, making sure that you're constantly touching the touchstone of who you are as a person and being true to yourself. There are times you can sort of outgrow yourself by climbing up that corporate ladder and being, becoming bigger than, than maybe you really want to or are comfortable with anymore. And so taking a step down oftentimes will help you better align yourself with who you are and what you want to do for a living and, um, and help you uh, put yourself in a spot where you're being uh, truer to yourself and who you are.
0: Yeah. And I looked at it a different way as well. When I started thinking about what you said, and that was, (laughs) you know, I think about baseball players who go into a fielding slump or they go into a batting slump, you know, they go back, they take a step back into the fundamentals. Yeah. And they get themselves right. They get themselves realigned. Right. Uh, You know, uh, I think about Matt Carpenter who, Career was here. There was this guy hitting 40 home runs a year, and then all of a sudden it was just gone. And you know, he yeah. went back to the fundamentals. And the next thing you know, he's hitting 20 30 home runs with the Yankees. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, re- I referenced him in the book because yeah. he's a great example. Like, he sort of lost his way. Um, and to your point, like, he just sort of had to get back to the basics and to just let me take a look at my swing and he, you know, he even incorporated some data analytics and he went to a, you know, a a baseball um, like therapist almost to help him like analyze things. And, you know, he basically just had to sort of get back to who he was. And, and once he settled back into that, uh, the hitting picked up again. Yeah.
0: You've been great, man. This hour has gone fast as always.
1: Oh Um, man. It's we, need to know, we need to start doing two-hour shows.
0: <laughs> I think we need to do two-hour shows for sure. Tell people how they get a hold of you, Chris.
1: Yeah, you could uh, find me on my website, uh, chrisfontanella.com. Uh, my books are available on Amazon. You just plug in my name or the title of the book, um, tune up your career, and it automatically pop up. Um, and yeah, my website too. Like you can you can send me a note and we can dialogue there. I'm I'm happy to to respond to people. So. I, thank you so much for having me on your show again. I, I love I love being on with you and discussing these things. I, you know, you and I are convinced these are um, right. valuable topics and stuff. But I, I think if if one thought can like stick with somebody, it could have a really positive impact in their life.
0: Totally agree. Stay with me, friend. Hey, folks, it's the show you know I sell to you every, every week, uh, and that is this: you're in control of three things: your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. Fact of the matter is, circumstances are going to come up, things are going to change. Life is going to change, but you can control your attitude. You can, can control the response you make towards anything thrown your way. It's your effort that determines your excellence. And although you've been knocked down, it's up to you to get back up again. You know what? Make the choice. Make the choice of attitude, effort, and resiliency. I know you can. I know you will. I look forward to that. I'll be back next week with another great guest which and another great book, which automatically means another great show. You had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Give us, a, give us a like uh, wherever you are at uh, on your favorite podcast player. Tell the folks at DBTV you watched us and you'll really love the show. Or if you're listening to us at Terrestrial Radio, 112,000 downloads across the country per episode. Are you kidding me? Thank you so much wherever you're listening to us all over the U.S. As I say to you, and the world, by the way, as I say to you all over, you know what that is. Ciao. everybody. Things change.
1: Can find the strength to go a different way. Yeah, the time has come, your dreams will take you places you have never been before.
0: Find your passion, find your strength. Don't worry anymore. A new direction.